the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Just read a report about coastal flooding in cities around the world could cause damage totaling $1 trillion annually by the year 2015. 2050? Almost all cities facing the worst damage are in Asia. North and North America. New York, New Orleans, and Miami are particularly high risk of damage. I see a story like that, and I see Home Depot. I see Lowe's. I see lumber. I see insurance companies. It's just odd. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Chief Market Analyst, how are you, Patrick? Hi, Rob. I'm doing fine, thank you. So for the first week uh, since you and I have been talking for about three months, we're having one of those five down days in a row feelings. Something to miss here? Right. Um, well, you know, I mean, it wasn't. Uh, it's not any great stretch to suggest that the market was due for a pullback. Um, you know, we saw the S&P 500 gain close to 10% in a six-week period that began on June 24th. So some simple price exhaustion would factor into the mix. But, you know, what... What you've got brewing here, though, are some issues that pertain to the troubles in emerging markets that relate back to what, you know, the Fed's uh, decision-making will ultimately be as it relates to its uh, level of asset purchases. And and there's kind of like just a a mix of uncertainty that's come to a head here in the very near term that's uh, understandably causing some some profit-taking and some selling interest in the stock market. So the emerging markets are underperforming. I've heard... People link this to a similar time in history, 1998, with the Asian flu. Mm -hmm. Is there a link that things could unravel in Asia and yet still do well here? Um, You know, I I think that, you know, one of the differences is that we are uh, arguably, you know, more connected to those markets than we were in 97 and 98. Um, You know, what we've heard in recent years, of course, and what everyone's been saying is that, you know, the, the the hot growth is going to be in these emerging markets, and that's where the multinationals are going to target their capital investments to take advantage of the the emerging you know middle class consumer in those areas. And and to the extent that you get you know capital outflows from those markets that might lead authorities there to you know raise interest rates to try to keep that capital at home, that could ultimately slow the economies in those in those markets. And that's what's been you know, really one of the concerns and one of the drivers of the weakness there. And if you get some real uh, 
slowing in the real economy there, that's going to have an impact on the, the profit prospects of multinational companies, U.S. multinationals that are doing business there. So we're not entirely insulated by any means from the, the difficulties of the emerging markets. But, you know, maybe one of the key differences, though, is that the uh, currencies there are not, you know, fixed uh, to the dollar like they were um, in 97. So, uh, but in any event, I mean, the weakness that you're seeing in those emerging markets is not to be overlooked because it can be problematic as it relates to the earnings potential for U.S. companies. I saw some pretty impressive earnings out this morning for um, Home Depot and Best Buy. Um, Best Buy didn't have the revenue growth that Home Depot did. Home Depot's got the housing market behind it. But Best Buy stock has gone from $12 to $32, $35 this year. I looked at that, Pat, and I was stunned. I, the last time I looked, it was $12, and they were talking about taking it private. Next thing I look, it's up 300%. Yeah, you know, when I look at you know, a stock like Best Buy, it kind of reminds me of when I look at a stock like Hewlett Packard, right? Hewlett was at 10 bucks a share uh, earlier in the year, and, you know, it's up over, I think, 26, 27 bucks now. And, and, you know, it's one of those stories where it's got, you know, kind of that, that great, you know, brand recognition. Um, you're kind of like, you almost want to pull for it. It's a good company, but it's obviously run into a competitive, uh, you know, chainsaw as it relates to Amazon.com and the whole idea that, you know, Best Buy is essentially the window shopping opportunity for people to then go buy, you know, the same goods on Amazon at a cheaper price. But, you know, it does appear that, you know, Best Buy is starting to, you know, sort of stabilize its business here. And the market uh, has given it the benefit of the doubt that it's going to get things turned around. And, of course, you had a tremendous amount of negativity built up into the stock uh, that was reflected in high levels of short selling interest and as Best Buy slowly you know throws off some signs that it might be turning the corner and you know becoming you know a real meaningful competitor against Amazon.com and, and it could you know certainly be around for the long term you get some of that short covering interest that really drives those outsized gains in the stock you know because there was so much negativity and that's kind of similar to what you saw with Hewlett Packard so much negativity surrounding the PC business and when you know when things just sort of stabilized you know everyone came flooding back into the stock which caused a lot of short covering to help magnify the uh, the gains you've seen to drive it to the current levels it's trading at so Best Buy yeah, it's an okay story. It's getting a little bit better. But truly, Home Depot is the one where if you're going to look at a standard bearer for you know, a good fundamental story, um, there's no question that Home Depot is hitting on all cylinders right now and has a really good story going. You mentioned the word brand, and HP's got a good brand, and you're kind of rooting for the brand. I talk a lot about brand stocks on the show because it's relatable to people. It's a little bit different than what you're doing. Um, I'll talk about Visa. We've known them our whole lives. Carl Malden and American Express. Express, right. Um, you know, Visa is something that's been with us our whole life. Nike, a uh, great big brand. Is there any thought on that's a safer way to invest than, say, picking small-cap companies or mid-cap companies or S&P 500 or yeah. Internet? Do you see where I'm going? Yeah, you know, I think uh, for, for a lot of investors, uh, retail investors, certainly there's a, there's a certain comfort level. You know, those are the names okay. that they, they know and have come to trust. Um, a lot of, you know, people are going to fall back on the, uh, the words of Peter Lynch, the famed Fidelity Fund manager, who said, you know, buy what you know. And, you know, with these companies that have tremendous brand power, um, the ones that you mentioned, they've been in business a, a really long time. And so uh, the idea that they could, 
you know, ever go out of business just doesn't register with a lot of people. So there's a certain comfort level there, you know, in terms of investing in those stocks. And at the same time, a lot of them, you know, have developed, you know, such good business plans that they continue to pay dividends and increasing dividends that are going to appeal to those um, uh, long-term oriented investors. And, you know, they're certainly not uh, immune from the from the business cycle. Um, you know, you've seen Coca-Cola have its issues. You've seen Procter & Gamble have its issues. You've seen Johnson & Johnson have its issues. But eventually, these companies, they attract quality uh, individuals, you know, at the leadership level and, and below. And they eventually get things worked out. So if you can ride through some of those ups and downs of the business cycle, you tend to come out pretty good on the other side of them. Now, the economists of the nation are meeting again in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and the big story is, will Janet Yellen get snubbed for the Federal Reserve head position or not? Uh, how much of a story is that to you? Right. Well, I think it's a really important story, and there's also some other um, um, appointments that are going to need to be made within the Federal Reserve as well. I believe uh, Governor Raskin announced, um, you know, a resignation as well. You know, so there's going to be an appointment there. Uh, I think uh, Cleveland Fed President Pianalto has also, you know, announced that she's resigning. So uh, there'll be an appointment there, granted by the you know, local um, Federal Reserve Bank. You know, the president doesn't nominate the uh, the Federal Reserve Bank presidents, but uh, he does nominate the governors and, and the Fed chairman, of course. But, you know, I think it could be a really important story uh, because the market is, is obviously very comfortable with uh, Ms. Yellen, and it's obviously very reliant on this stimulative policy that's been, you know, set in place by Mr. Bernanke. And Ms. Yellen is thought to be, you know, his acolyte who's going to continue on with that easy policy. So if she's not getting the appointment and, say, uh, Larry Summers is, there's going to be some, uh, certainly some short-term disruption in our estimation just because of the unknown factor about how Mr. Summers might guide monetary policy and the presumption that he'll be a little bit you know, more hawkish and more inclined to pull back on quantitative easing uh, more readily than Ms. Yellen might be. And so I think it, uh, it does create uh, some concern that you're going to get some, uh, some, some you know, short-term disruption in the stock market if Ms. Yellen does not get that appointment. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Patrick, we've got about two minutes left. Microphone's all yours. Anything we need to be aware of? Yeah, well, you know, we talked about Home Depot today, and, and obviously it's done extremely well. They're a very well-managed company, and you're seeing, you know, all good things there, um, you know, margin trends, sales trends, same-store sales trends, and that's a really good story, and it's being kind of hailed there as a, as a good sign for the housing market. I would agree with that, uh, but, you know, one of the things we are going to keep a uh, close watch on are the trends in existing home sales and new home sales, which uh, you're going to get those reports later this week, because housing is being held out as the main pillar of support for this economy, and if you see further downtrend in that area, it does raise some questions about, um, you know, growth forecasts in the second half of the year, and that could eventually also give way to the market coming around to thinking the Fed's not going to taper in September if you get some weak home sales data, um, you know, and so perversely that could sort of turn things around for the stock market, if you will, because <laughs> you might get uh, long-term interest rates moving lower on that idea and uh, stock prices moving higher on the thinking that the Fed's not going anywhere uh, just yet. Thanks very much for joining me. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international markets. Great source of information. I use it. CFP Chad Burton uses it. Um, 
you have to develop tool sets, and they have a wonderful tool set to help you understand what sort of perspective you need in these markets. Um, as does the Wall Street Journal. Um, there's you know, some things that you are must-reads in this industry. Financial Times is good. I don't believe in as much Investor's Business Daily, although the charting service that Investor's Business Daily has called Big Charts is all that in a bucket of chicken. You can find out more about me online, robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I've always got events coming up around the corner. For instance, one in September in Los Gatos on a Thursday evening. Books up fast. So sign up now at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.